Hello, welcome to Skip It, the podcast that reviews and dissects the classic Australian television show Skippy the Bush Kangaroo. I am joined by Lee. What's up, boys? And Ashwin. Stop! <laughs> I just was afraid of Lee, but I took it further and then I felt immediately regretted it. <laughs> End up being like distorted as well. So. All right, let's get into it. We're up to episode 33 of the podcast and episode 33 of Skippy the Bush Kangaroo. It is called The Empty Chair. It does have a few extras playing the roles. Um, I'll get to them as they come along. We do have someone returning that was on a previous episode. So I always do like a callback episode and TV series. So I'll get right into it. It was uh, directed by Max Varnell, script by Ross Napier, of course, producer Dennis Hill, and also the series producer Lee Robinson. It was originally aired uh, in Melbourne on the 15th of July, 1968. And we start off with a shot of Waratah National Park sign, which we'll we'll be saying this over the next few episodes because it seems like they do start off with that park sign a lot. So we're sort of looking out over a view um, and then suddenly we sort of cut to a shot on a sort of rocky part of the bush and there's a massive explosion and we've got Mark and Sonny walking along and they hear the the explosion as well and stop dead and Skippy's there of course. Sonny says it sounded like an atomic bomb and then they run off to investigate which you don't usually head towards the explosion so well this is a bit of a safety thing. They find men setting up like a area where there's trucks and um, they're setting off explosions. They run off and tell Matt. Matt's on the phone with uh, Jerry next to him. Matt asking if uh, there's something they can do. Matt gets off the phone, says 15,000 acres right in the centre of the park. It's a death sentence. And we still don't know what he's talking about. We're not sure. Jerry says uh, it's the Archer Group. And Matt repeats, it's like a death sentence. So very doom and gloom from Matt straight away. And then uh, Mark and Sonny overhear this. They sort of run in while he's talking on the phone. And Jerry asks how long they have, and Matt says three months. Zoom in to Sonny's very distressed-looking face. Intro starts. Now, guys, this was a pretty, like, full-on start where explosions, mysterious men in the park. Matt saying it's a death sentence twice. Lee, what did you reckon about this intro? It was pretty uh, dramatic. Yeah, very dire sounding. And Mm. interesting with the name Archer, it didn't call back to me any memories of who that might be. I didn't connect to who we were about to see. What about you guys? Did that name ring any bells for you? Or was it a surprise when, we won't say who it is yet, but was it a surprise when the person who is Archer turned up? It was. It's been quite a few episodes since this memory um, had been triggered. So, yeah, I, I just thought it was a standard um, maybe even a standard bad guy name. I don't know. It's just a general name. I don't, the other thing about this moment is I, I thought mining being the bad guy character, the industrial villain of Australia, was quite a new thing, but it seems like it's been around since the 60s. So I thought, mm. yeah, it's an old theme. Yeah, well, I think also because it's drilling in, into a national park, like te- that tends to get some negative uh, press generally, you would hope at any time in the last hundred years. Um, so, but no, no, I know what you mean. Cause it does seem like, uh, again, very relevant. Skippy 
as relevant now as it is back in 1968 when it was first aired. So yeah, no, it was very, very dramatic. And I thought it was a very interesting subject to sort of tackle with Skippy. And I sort of did suspect, I think I did remember Archer and all of that. So I sort of knew what was coming up. Um, so we'll carry on. Uh, Sonny uh, looks over the mining camp. You know, very dangerous for a kid to look over a mining camp that's doing explosions. With Skippy, he approaches the camp. There's a big no trespasses sign. The head engineer, George Combs, and we'll introduce uh, this actor, Gordon Glenwright. Uh, he, he's been in quite a few TV series. He was in Carson's Law, The Young Doctors, King's Men, Number 96, Matlock Police, very uh, long TV career, very short part in this. So, you know, obviously just another thing of using a classic character actor in a very, very small role, uh, which was pretty much uh, the main deal at this time with a lot of these shows. You know um, what they say, John? There's no yeah. such thing as a small part, just small actors. Exactly. And he <laughs> nails it. Yeah. Also, he, he's so standoffish before Sonny walks in to the building and then heart softens very quickly so this was an unpredictable character yeah, yeah, and I will get to that because I, I did think that was worth a mention. So uh, Sonny uh, basically rocks up to this guy's shed. We've got George Combs, who's the uh, head engineer of the drilling operation they've got going on there. And he's on the phone, you know, talking business in the side office. Sonny knocks on the door and asks Combs if they have to drill for oil in the park. And, yeah, I was interested what with his reaction because he was completely like, oh, a little kid asking me questions about my business here. <laughs> you know, I'll answer everything and be as a accommodating as possible. Well, Sonny so, did come in very much all business because when he first yeah. came in, he basically said he was told to see him as he's the boss. So it was almost yeah. like, I'm here to see you. I hear you're the boss. Like, <laughs> completely all gangster. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Or, I mean, 100 years earlier, Sonny could have applied for a job at well, such a facility. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, That's the thing. Coming in for work. Yeah. <laughs> so Combs uh, says, why kid what's it to you and then we've, we've got skippy in the background which i thought was a nice little context shot because i do feel like this is all about skippy because this is where she lives and sunny explains that we live here and pointing at skippy and our home is here and his dad's the head ranger combs just sort of says that he's just doing his job which you know is fair enough that's all he's doing uh he says the company is loaded with bosses Sonny sort of laments and says there has to be somebody in charge and uh, ask who's the head of all of the corporation. Combs says he's not the boss. There is not a boss, but there's a name. He hands Sonny a piece of paper with a letterhead uh, with the Archer Corporation Limited uh, on it. And the name is Miles Vincent Archer. Dun-dun-dun. And then Sonny's eyes widen, says, Miles Vincent Archer? He's the owner of Oil Search. And then uh, Combs says, that's right. And then Sonny says, golly, thank you. Goodbye. Yeah. So what did you guys think of all this whole interaction, Ashwin? I was wondering what Sonny's reaction was going to be. Was he going to be, okay, this is my way to fix this. Or Mm. was he going to be angry at Mr. Trundle for mining in his national park? So, yeah, I thought... um, I was wondering which way he was going to go. So I'm glad he, he chose the optimistic path to realise yeah. that, man, Mr. Trundle would never do this. There must have been some misunderstanding. So, yeah, it's it's nice how the, the power changes in that moment. Sonny, Sonny gets a little bit of power in this episode. So it kind of spins it in a new direction. Yeah, Lee. And so, yeah, Lee, we actually get that revelation of Mr. Trundle, well, I, a.k.a. Miles Vincent Archer. It wasn't a revelation for me because I still didn't know <laughs> 
I wasn't sure why. Suddenly, like, who's so what? excited? I'm like, who the hell is going on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Until they connect the dots that Archer was Trundle, I'm like, oh. And then I was really happy. I'm like, oh, he was a really good character. I'm happy to see him come. Mm. I didn't actually. That's the other thing. Would he come back, or were they just going to capitalize on the name? Mm. Because so far, we've seen them do that a lot with Doctor Steiner. We don't see her anymore. <laughs> yes. but they keep referring to her. Yeah, no. Um, I was fairly confident because I have a fit. Well, you know, the character himself. What else is he going to do? He's yeah. just wandering around. Okay, so back at the station, Sonny runs out to Matt uh, with the letterhead and uh, Trundle's watch, which we or Lee may not remember from like, previous episode. <laughs> this is the watch that uh, it's a very expensive, ornate watch that um, Mr. Trundle, aka Miles Vincent Archer, gave to Sonny. And it's got Miles Vincent, Vincent Archer's name written on the back inscribed. Sonny tells Matt that he owns everything and Matt explains that a corporation's not run by just one man and Trundle is retired. Sonny then, well, accuses Matt saying, you knew, didn't you? So Matt sort of looks a bit guilty there um, because he did know that it was Archer's corporation that was doing something. Sonny then says, I bet if he knew he'd do something about it and he wouldn't let them do this to the park. Uh, Matt tells him to simmer down, which I thought was like, it's not really simmered up yet, Matt. But he's already told the Archer Corporation about obviously knowing Trundle and then walks off. Sonny then repeats, I bet if uh, Mr. Archer knew, you know, he's sort of desperate to try to get Archer now. And then we've got Jerry outside and uh, tells uh, Clancy to hurry up and they're sort of hurrying off off to do something. And we don't actually get a story of what they're doing. I'm assuming it's something to do with Clancy, her school, and maybe piano stuff because she's in like a uniform. Did you guys sort of wonder what was going on there? <laughs> like... uh, at that point, my thought was they're just trying to get rid of them like they do. When they, when they have too many characters that they don't know what to do with, they just send them off on an adventure that we never hear about. And there's also a reason to send them on in a particular place as well, as we yeah. find out. So, yeah. And did I didn't like really make this step later. Did you sort of guess what was going to happen, Ashman? With those two characters? Well, no, no, just with uh, how they lead into the story, like what, you know, we'll get to it next, but we di- we didn't see what Sonny was doing, basically. No, you'll get to the next part. I didn't know what he was doing, but mm-hmm. when it unfolds, maybe I'll just preempt it this way. This yep. is the most forgiving Matt has been of Sonny's mm-hmm. indiscretions. So I thought that was quite a kind moment. So Yes, yeah. yeah. No, no, you're very right there. So they hurry off into the car and they drive off. And so we've got some shots of Jerry and Clancy driving out and they're over the Sydney Harbour. We get some shots of nice Sydney in 1968 and uh, them driving through the streets, tall buildings, you know, bustling metropolis. They pull up outside a building and they go in. And then suddenly we find out that Sonny's been hiding under some blankets in the back. Um, and then he gets out, looks around, and then just runs off uh, into a random direction. He walks around Sydney Town and the streets, which were sort of some cool shots. And it's just sort of sunny, like around adults, like looking up and trying to find his way. I'm very interested to know how he knows where to go and how he finds it. Sonny finds himself outside a very tall building. Sonny then goes into the building. He meets the doorman inside. And he, the doorman's dressed like the captain of the Titanic for some reason or <laughs> yeah. some SS uh, soldier. I'm not sure. <laughs> what did you guys think of that, Ashman? Yeah, I, I was surprised. I, I didn't pay as much attention to the doorman's costume. Just 
he was a bit of an aggro doorman. So I guess you'll get to this next, but I was like, man, yeah. just calm down. There's some adults in this whole series yeah. that just probably don't have children. I don't know how to act around them. So I'm assuming this is another one of them. Yeah, no, he was a bit of a jerk there. Um, Lee, what did you reckon of the doorman there? It's interesting that you mentioned his dress because I wasn't sure if he was a doorman or if he was a security guard. Because he was yes. like soldier. And the way that he was talking, that wasn't just like a doorman who's just a friendly, welcome to the Archer Corporation, sir. Where are you going? He was just immediately like, what do you want? It was just like, what the heck? He was very hostile to Sonny straight away. And so so there's a few moments here where I'm like, Jesus, guys, this is just a kid. And so uh, Sonny meets the doorman. Uh, he asks uh, for Mr. Archer. The doorman says, are you sure you're in the right place? Sonny says that uh, he's here to meet Miles Vincent Archer. He says that he's a friend. And the doorman rolls his eyes at him like, you know, buddy kids. He then shows the watch to the doorman. And then, like, this is where, like, the doorman, like, totally changes, but still as hostile as ever. He grabs Sonny, says, come along, and then takes him up into the elevator, which was very, like, I I always thought was a bit hairy for a little kid to get, like, taken by a Nazi Germanist trooper in the lobby of of a a big tall building. Uh, And so we've got this cool shot where it pans to the top floor where obviously they're going up. The man marches Sonny into an office and they meet a lady there. And um, and I'll just introduce these guys now. So the doorman was Ben Gabriel. And then we've got Fernandy... Glynn, my really hope that's the name, it's Fernandi as uh, Miss Dempster. Um, and she's in a lot of stuff like uh, Riptide, which was another Fauna Productions, which was a production company that did Skippy. She was in Hunter, Homicide. So a whole bunch of movies and TV shows. And she's introduced, she's this blonde lady and very official looking. Um, I'm assuming she's like the head receptionist lady or something. I'm not sure. They don't really give that out. And he shows the um, Miss Dempster, the the watch. Uh, she asks where she where he got it. Sonny says uh, Mr. Archer can answer that, which I thought was a very smart uh, answer, but maybe too smart. Uh, she says that uh, that's quite impossible. She tells Sonny, tell the truth or she will t- call the police. So, so everything's escalating from here. And Sonny is like very shocked by this statement. Uh, and then we've got the next scene, which is Sonny sitting in a chair, like in basically interrogation style with um and it's got it's shot like with miss dempster like standing over him with the watch in her hand and um this poor little kid like answering these questions she says uh archer is the wealthiest man in the country what would he do be doing wandering around the country as a swagman the doorman tells dempster that the board is meeting and they're about to start she takes sunny and tells the board he claims he's the head ranger's son and they get a phone call and it's Matt and they ask Matt, who, you know, we're back at the park now, um, if his son would be there. And Matt says he doesn't think so. And then Matt double guesses himself and then asks Mark if Mark's seen Sonny. Mark says he hasn't seen him all morning. Uh, Matt tells Dempster that it could be and asks to talk to him. Uh, he then talks to Sonny and says, why is he in Sydney? Matt tells Miss Dempster that he is a friend of Mr. Archer and then that he's telling the truth. And then, yeah, Matt gets off the phone. He tells Mark that he's with the board at present, shaking his head. And then there's that classic, 
like that funny little trumpet sound uh so yeah guys we're getting really into the thick of it uh lee what did you reckon of this board meeting well the board meeting itself i thought that was shot very interestingly because Mm. they're really shooting it from a low angle to make them look extremely imposing plus that's the perspective that sunny would see Mm. on that piece about matt when they did the music (laughs) the look on matt's face that to me was He's secretly proud of his son's initiative. Yes. Like he, he actually was proud of him taking this initiative to go there. And even though he's eight years old, he's like, that's my son. And if that was your kid, you'd be freaking worried that he's gone by himself to a big city. Sydney, yeah. But at the same time, I'd be thinking he's showing some real guts here. Like you'd be pretty proud of him, I think. Yeah. yeah. And I've seen Pat be. react before when Sonny's got into the shit and, you know, he's reacted very poorly. So, so yeah. Because yeah. the last time Sonny disappeared like this, he joined a sheep rustling gang. Yes. <laughs> So I think Matt just appreciated that. Yeah, exactly. So the board tells Sonny that uh, they are satisfied that he's telling the truth and very grateful for him for for coming. They ask him to tell them all he can about Mr. Archer. They all start asking questions at once, like, oh, how is he? Is he eating well? Blah, blah, blah. And then uh, Lindsay, who's the head of the uh, the meeting at the board there, and that is Philip J. And he is a English actor. And he's been in a, whole, a few TV series, bits and pieces through his varying career. Lindsay asks where he is headed and where when he left uh, Sonny. Sonny says uh, he wasn't headed anywhere, and Lindsay says that they have 17 detectives looking for for Mr. Archer, and they need to find him uh, as decisions need to be made. Sonny says, so he is the boss. Uh, Lindsay says that he is the Archer Corporation, and uh, he can't be skipping over the countryside uh, with a swag on his back. So yeah, very interesting way to run a corporation here. I think a lot of millionaire corporate owners need to take a lesson from Mr. Trundle, I think, and just become a swagman. Sonny tells them that he knows how to find Archer, and he asks if he can call his dad. Uh, He gets on the phone with Matt. Sonny asks Matt if uh, he can use the radio school to keep a lookout and uh, get a message to to Mr. Trundle. And then uh, Matt tells him that he'll get Jerry to pick him up and uh, tells the board that they will find him. I so, hope the radio school like worked it into the curriculum somehow. Like, if you have four corporate decisions to be made and one missing board member, how many you know AGM <laughs> you hold? It's just something relevant to the kids. Um, yeah, exactly. Just this moment, this whole thing, like, it would have been so easy to just put a post-it note up saying, hey, I'm backpacking for three months or something. <laughs> Probably like a big move on Mr. Trumbull's part with his whole board. Well, maybe, well. Maybe even a breach of the Corporations Act. So, I don't know. Maybe something to look at for future episodes. Yeah. Well, I thought it was interesting because I did want to maybe touch on that because I thought Trundle could have done a lot better being part of the corporation and, uh, you know, helping people that way, the way he does with Sonny in this episode. So, as we'll get to. So, we've got Sonny sending out a message on the school radio system for Mr. Trundle because he's just wandering around on rural properties as a swagman. And then we cut to a shot of Trundle walking along a road and then a truck pulls up and then he asks for a lift to the ranger headquarters. He notices there's an Archer Oil sign on the side of the truck. The driver, who has got a very distinct Irish accent, which I thought was no uh, coincidence. The driver says that he's not supposed to pick up hitchhikers and if the company found out he could lose his job. Trundle then says very wryly, 
you don't say. I was going to say, now this is like an episode of Undercover Boss. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> I like what they do. They've turned them into other shows. So that was nice. So, yeah. Well, maybe that's a thing that the AE can do on an Undercover Boss. They can just have a swagman along the side of the road and test them if they pick them up. <laughs> yeah. And then if they do, they're like, you're fired. Yeah, no. So I thought this was a fun little interaction as well with um, this other Irish fella. And Archer's um, reaction when he does offer to give him a lift, which I know you commented on last time, Ashwin, was most kind, most kind. And I remember <laughs> you had an issue with anyone who would repeat the same thing twice like that. So at least now we know that's just the way he speaks. He's not, yeah. not a signal that he's a villain. Now, he is a wonderful communicator one-to-one, just not in a corporate setting. No. <laughs> no, no, we'll get to that. So the driver says that he'll give a lift to a man with um, with that accent, obviously, implying because he's Irish. They're both Irish. And then it has shots of them driving, nice little jiggy music, and then Trundle just generally enjoying the ride in the bush. And then we've got Sonny on a rock, and as he watches the truck go by, he just thinks it's just another truck from the um, oil drilling, um, and he hopes the Trundle will come soon. Uh, Trundle gets dropped off just at the top of the gates of the ranger station. He goes up to the garage and greets Matt. So he he thanks the guy for the lift. Yep. And the guy said, you're welcome, Paddy. But I thought that was an offensive name. So I thought, why would an Irishman use it on another one of his countrymen? Like, is it because Trundle smiles about it? But isn't, I mean, am I wrong? Is Paddy not like considered slightly derogatory? Maybe it could be just like the N-word with black people talking to each other. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, and maybe back then, maybe back then it wasn't racist. You know, words change over time. I don't know. Maybe it's changed since 1968. The other thing is it could be just them writing it in the script and not realising that it's, wow. you that know, was, that, that too. That was where I was going. You've already said this one was written by Ross. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. As soon as we said that, I'm like, he would have written that. Good one, Paddy. That's why I reckon the actor who played Trundle, when he heard it, he was like, what the fuck? (laughs) He's like gritted teeth. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, so I, I, sorry, I dropped that one. But yeah, no, I did notice that he did call him Paddy, which, yeah, is, yeah, very odd, I guess. We'll have to find out if that's an actual thing that Irish people call call each other. Um, Maybe if they're actually called Paddy. That's the only thing I can imagine is yeah. appropriate. Anyone who's listening, check out our <laughs> Facebook page and let us know in the comments if it was considered a derogatory term back in the 60s. Hopefully we'll find out at some point in our lives. Matt says uh, that he takes it that he got the message. Uh, Trundle says, yes, a youngster about Sonny's age found him. Uh, Matt says, Sonny is out looking for you and does he want some tea? We've got Sonny and Skip still at the lookout, still looking out for Trundle, very sad and, you know, Sonny says they're going to dig up the whole park and then they head back home. Trundle's having tea with Matt. Uh, He tells Matt if he can make a phone call. Trundle also asks Matt if he could not tell Sonny that he came by and if he could get Sonny to the boardroom tomorrow at four um, and he'll deal with the matter then. Mm. So Trundle's got a plan. I wonder if Matt sent him under a blanket exactly the same way he came last time. (laughs) You never see him being dropped off. No, no. And yeah, no, it's interesting how like Trundle actually gets anywhere. So um, fast, yeah. that is. I'm guessing he, he tried backs to Sydney. So um, so the next day in Sydney, Matt drops Sonny off and Skippy, who's, this is the first time I think we've seen Skippy with a lead and a collar and uh, Sonny dressed very nicely in a little suit. Sonny and Skippy head off and they go up to the meeting. 
Dempster then introduces Skippy and Sun. Well, no, she introduces Skippy individually to the board, and that she is here at Archer's request, which I thought was sort of going to lead somewhere, but it, as we find out, it doesn't really. Because I thought he was going to use Skippy as some kind of example, but we'll get to that. Uh, Lindsay asks why he would want a kangaroo in the boardroom. Um, Sunny says that it's because she is a friend. And which I guess is the reason why. Sonny's watch chimes, the gift from Mr. Trundle. And then as it chimes, Mr. Trundle comes in and then goes and sits at the chair at the head of the room, which, you know, was a very like cool thing, I thought. Archer thanks them all for being there and to, for working during his absence. He then asks them to leave so he can talk to Sonny, which I thought was like a bit of a power move. Like, screw you guys. You all just sat down. Now you got to go. Uh, Lindsay protests, but then he's sent out. Uh, Sonny goes and hugs Mr. Archer, a.k.a. Trundle, um, and they embrace. Um, Sonny says, uh, golly, he must... He- Almost didn't recognise him because Trundle's in a suit and all shaved and not looking like a hobo. And then Trundle pats Skippy. So what did you reckon this reveal, uh, Ashwin? Uh, I thought this was episode was coming together nicely. The tables mm. have turned against the mining company. Sonny's in a suit. He's in a powerful position. Yeah, I just thought it was... It was a, I mean, we'll get to the my thoughts on the episode at the end, but it was just mm. a lovely episode. Mm. It was... And Tr- Trundle was my favorite character. I've always thought about whatever happened to him, this wandering swag man. I just, because as, as a migrant myself, I've always traveled and moved around a lot. So I love the the mm. homeless kind of wandering figure. So yeah, this is this is a nice moment where the, the hobo comes back to save the day. Yeah, it's all yeah he's, he's a very romantic character. Um, Lee, what did you reckon? Yeah, I thought as soon as they embraced, it was a very nice moment. You just felt the warmth from it. And it's funny that you say that, Ashwin, because as soon as I saw Trundle, or rather realized who Archer was and realized <laughs> it was going to be Trundle, I immediately thought about you because I remember how much you loved his character in mm. the last episode mm. we saw him in. So I'm, I'm yeah. very keen to know your overall thoughts, but I, I figure it's going to be positive because, yeah, it was just a, mm. just a nice feel, nice feel good episode. Yeah. yeah. I think so. This is a reminder that Matt was wrong because Matt had earlier said, companies are not run by one man but obviously this company is run like north korea and trundle can just do whatever he wants yeah um, well no, i'm pretty sure some companies run like that yeah. <laughs> in real life yeah. um, so we've got the board um outside they're trying to listen in what what's going on and Lindsay says uh this is preposterous uh sunny comes out gives Lindsay a letter uh Lindsay opens the letter and then rushes into the office and then it's empty Apart from Skippy, and then Lindsay says, "Where is Archer? Where's he gone? Where's he gone?" Uh, Sonny says, uh, "He went through there, um, and he had another engagement." So Trundle gave him the slip, which I knew he was going to do. Uh, Where did he go though? Because he said he went through there. He points off screen, and there was no door or window. I'm like, no, I don't know. <laughs> I would have loved to have just seen Trundle stand there and just throw a puff of smoke and just, <laughs> just yeah. or him just hiding behind a door. Um, <laughs> you can see him, yeah. Yeah, no, so, uh, and I knew that, because you can't tie a good swagman down. Uh, So we've got Lindsay gives the board member the letter because they're asking for it, and and one of the board members reads it out, and it it says, the planning operation in Waratah Park are to cease forthwith and never to be continued, muttering in the background as this is all going on. Instructions to follow in due course regards to alternative site. Signed, Miles Vincent Archer. Sonny smiles and says, uh, we better be going and thank you. He grabs Skippy's lead and they get out of there. The board are left just stupefied. But it was a very 
you know, a bit of an FU letter <laughs> to, to them. And also like very lacking in, you know, more detail as well. Because the other thing is like, I thought about this, nothing's stopping any other massive corporation drilling for oil in Waratah National Park, <laughs> which is, you know, we know that there's a lot out there in Australia. So we've got the next shot. We're watching the Archer oil trucks leave. They're all getting out. Sonny runs into the house yelling and telling Matt that they're all leaving. And then Mr. Trundle's there. And then Sonny finally says he doesn't, well, he says, I don't know what to say. Trundle thanks Matt for his company and Matt thanks him as well. Trundle says he must go, but he assures Sonny that he'll be back. Uh, Matt, Clancy's and Skippy all walk out with Sonny and Trundle as they're seeing him off. Trundle hitches his swag around his shoulder, says goodbye to everyone. Mark and Jerry are there too. And he sort of says a goodbye to sort of, not individually, but sort of does address them all technically. And then Trundle says goodbye to Skippy and Skippy does goodbye. And then we have the same shot from the previous Trundle episode of him walking off like classic swagman shot of him going off down the the road and he waves and they're all waving. And then we top the uh, episode off we have Skippy waving too, which I have a feeling might have been some like clothesline or something because that was like an independent kangaroo there with no person around it waving. So I have yeah. a feeling they had like a fishing line and they were yeah. like doing that. But it's anyway, because we haven't seen that before, I don't think. Yes, exactly. It's the first time we've ever seen it where you couldn't say there was a stagehand off no. the screen moving it or the dead hands. I thought it's mm. either a string or could it be like a wire? Just yeah. so they could move it up and down because otherwise I don't know how you'd move it up and down with a string unless you really were pulling it and she well, wasn't being yanked. I was thinking just, well, just then I just came to the realisation fishing line would do that job just and you could hang it over and yeah. over the camera and pull up the hand. So yeah. um, I think we might be onto something there. But, yeah, I thought that was a cool special effect they hadn't used yeah. before. There's also that saying, like, if you leave a thousand monkeys in front of a thousand typewriters for a thousand years, they'll eventually... Right, Shakespeare. I wonder if they just put the camera on Skippy for long enough until she actually spontaneously raped. <laughs> well, that, that could be a thing. And then they just reverse the footage back and forth. Yeah. The other, thing, the other thing I thought was a quite a good line was, you know, when Sonny says he isn't sure what to say, which you mentioned before, John, Trundle's mm. response was quite wise because he said he often finds it in situations like that, it's best not to say anything at all. And I thought yes. that's quite true. Yes. Yeah. Well, there's, there's also the other one about it's better to be quiet and look stupid rather than open your mouth and prove it. So, Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I've definitely proven that one. There's also that saying it's good to dissolve a major company strategic direction and then disappear <laughs> down a building wall. Well, we'll get to that with our breakdowns, Ashman. But, yeah, that is a big elephant in the room there. Um, okay, yeah. we're going to get right into the uh, review segment. And I... I'm going to give it four gum leaves. I did really like the episode, but I felt like I was giving too too many high things. But I still think this is a super strong episode. And I'd be interested to see what I actually gave the original Trundle episode. Because I have a feeling that might have been a four and a half or something. But I did really like this episode. I thought the message was great. A lot of loose ends, a lot of plot holes there. Uh, one, Trundle just buggering off right after he's fixed this problem that's probably going to just come up again at some point. And again... Wouldn't it be better if he just stayed in charge of the corporation at a distance and just came in every now and then and did good things and, like, approved not drilling into a national park and stuff like that? And it's also one of those things, though, where I will say that I think a lot of millionaires these days 
Gina, Clive, I'm talking to you, could take a lot of, you know, lessons from Trundle. Just one day, just fuck off and just <laughs> travel the country. Meet yeah. people. You'll meet people like Skippy. You'll meet people like Sonny. You'll meet people like Matt. You'll save the day. Come on, guys. Screw this political stuff, the corporate games. Like, we have to get down to the basics. Become swagman. That is the lesson I came away with this. So, that's yeah, the, guys. That's the next shirt we need to produce. It's become yes, swagman. Become swagman. <laughs> um, hey, man, they got all the swag. Where do you think that word came from? Um, exactly. So, anyway, so that's my political rant done for millionaire corporate mining giants. So, become swagman. You know, guys, what did you reckon, uh, Ashwin? I, I like this episode. From a moment to moment, um, scene point of view. It didn't have the same suspense as previous episodes. There's no danger, threat to life. It was more like an environmental threat. So perhaps it didn't have that sort of moment-to-moment mm. drama, but I love Trundle. I love the idea of leaving your job and just doing something you're passionate about, which is what he's done. He just wants to see Australia. So there was like this this glow to the episode, almost like a, like a low-simmering soup. It's not an exciting thing, but it's just, oh, it's delightful to have. And so I was enjoying the episode from that point of view just a, just a delightful episode with a nice mm. message and and sunny gains power in an unusual way it's not a physical power it's connections power which is mm. nepotism. He, he won with nepotism this whole <laughs> it's not it's not what you know in this whole episode um uh, yeah they have to do a future one where they where they bribe the politician who approved drilling in a national park as well i mm. think that's the ultimate loose end to take care of maybe trundle can help finance that kind of bribery as well so yeah a few loose ends but overall because of just the low simmering soup the glow of the episode i'm going to give it four gum leaves well yeah i know i agree with you the positivity in this episode it just felt like there was some optimistic behavior going on there lee what did you reckon i thought this was another unusual episode for skippy and when i say unusual i mean different from the norm which i liked you know it took us into the corporate world and how it's historically been at war with nature it's always mm. been a battle you know between mm. corporations and, and nature and what's more important and it was absolutely like we both said a feel-good episode rather than a tense drama and i think after you know a couple of the weeks in the past which were you know two weeks ago for example with the shotgun episode which was very <laughs> tense it was nice to have this kind of breather also great to see trundle again because mm. he's just such a positive friendly guy and so i can overlook a lot of the sort of plot holes i was almost going to give it a four but then i'm gonna just take it to a 3.9 just to be, <laughs> just to be a dick <laughs> to be the oh no that's what it, if that's what you feel that's what you feel i mean getting into the fours there's specific things that i look for and this one yeah. was so close and uh, but yeah so 3.9 still absolutely in the top tier of my ratings anyway for these episodes we'll go to the next episode which will be 34 aunt evelyn when aunt evelyn comes to waratah national park determined to persuade matt that he should put Sonny in a boarding school in Sydney. Sonny and Skippy save her from death by drowning. And Sonny is saved from the fate he considers worthless than death. Wow. Okay. That is a great story summarized. That was a great summary of a story. There you go. I'll leave it at that. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Uh, Lee. See you next week, everyone. Ashwin. See you guys. See you guys. Scoopy, scoop, 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 sco